There is rumour going around that it was a maid who was seen slipping out like a side entrance. Hello and welcome to the Rumpus Room podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Will. And we are up to, I believe it's episode eight. It is episode eight. Yeah. I've been looking forward to this all day. Oh, me too. I've had one of those days where everything I've touched seems to have turned to shit. Mm-hmm. So the chance to record and sit down and have a bit of fun has just been that carrot at the end of the day to make it all go away. Look, honestly, I don't think it much more could go wrong than what went wrong with our recording last week. Oh, bloody stinker, wasn't it? <laughs> we weren't even in the rumpus room for starters. Yeah, well, for starters, one, we weren't in the rumpus room, but that's okay. We could have recorded earlier on and just, you know. Put in, yeah. Yeah. And two, the computer just cut out for whatever yeah. reason and switched itself. It just, just crashed. gave up. Um, squeaky bed. Oh, the fucking squeaky bed is the Bane of my sleep, I swear <laughs> to God. And four, the sound quality was not the greatest. No, it wasn't. So wasn't. I feel like I should apologise again for the quality of sound, particularly on my microphone last week. Yeah, normally it's mine, I think. I don't know what happened, honestly. You were quite good. Like, mm. I could hear you really well when I was doing my editing and stuff, and mine was just really quiet. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know what I've done wrong. just happens that way, perhaps. <clears throat> yeah. I guess so. So thanks to everybody who's been contributing to our Facebook and now all the comments that we've received and different bits and pieces on Would You Rather. We've had, some, had a fair yeah. bit of fun with that. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun this week with the Would You Rather. I, I just had, I got a recap on one. I was in a situation at work where I was talking to a group of co- um, clients and I asked them would they rather talk to animals or touch or know the history of everything they touched. Mm-hmm. And one bloke looked at me and said, I'm definitely talking to animals. So how come, mate? He goes... Because if I touched the keyboard and found out what porn my mates were looking at, I'd be horrified. <laughs> He's got a good point. He's got a really I, good I point. I went with the touching and the history and everything like that, but but yeah, no, he's, uh, he makes a very valid point, this bloke. Yeah. Yeah, he really does. Because I think there'd be some things that you would touch that you just don't really no. want or need to know the, the history of. Like, what if you touched someone's bed? Oh, <laughs> if these walls could talk. What if you touch their toilet? Like, you go to someone's oh. house, go to the toilet, you touch the toilet. Oh, and you know that the, the host had explosive diarrhoea four weeks ago. <laughs> yes, and oh. every time that they've had explosive diarrhoea on oh. that toilet. Yeah, no, I really got that one wrong, didn't I? I yeah, think I need to really talk to did. animals. Yeah, definitely talk to animals. I think that'd be really cool. I tried talking to the dog, but he's an idiot. Oh, he doesn't not. talk back. And Max, who's not even in here tonight because he's if too busy sleeping. If you tried to talk to Max, it would basically... You know how you have like that that automated computer voice? It would be just, feed me. And then, once that had been said, it would be just... It would be just static. <laughs> you know what's inside Max's head? Static. The fucking test pattern off the telly. <laughs> That's yes. in his head. He's a... He's just got a test pattern behind his eyes. Does he have, like, the waiting music? Yeah. And, and we'll be with you shortly, music. If, if you look really hard into his eyes, you can see the word technicolor. <laughs> Do you know when I was a kid, I was such an early riser that I would get up, I'd go into the lounge room, and I would turn on the TV, and because back in our day... 
<laughs> TV shows didn't start before like a certain time. No. And so I'd just watch the test pattern <laughs> until it came on. <laughs> Did you ever get pissed off when it was a repeat? Oh, always. Constantly. <laughs> I see this one. <laughs> it's not that I like <laughs> sat there and blankly stared at it. It was more like just passing the time sort of thing waiting for it to come on because early morning there was always some really and i'm going to redeem myself here there was always some really awesome mass show that would come on really early in the morning it was like an american guy and i fucking loved that show really oh my god i loved it so much see i've only just learned in the last 12 months that there is six o'clock in the morning I only thought there was a six o'clock at night. Yeah, no, I'm well versed at six o'clock. Yeah, in the morning. no, I'm, I'm only I just learning that. Doing laps up and down in a nice steamy pool at six o'clock in the morning. I was genuinely sleeping mm-hmm. and doing a fantastic job of it. Oh, you're a great sleeper. Yeah, I'm a good sleeper. Actually, that's a lie. You're not. You're a shit sleeper. My heart rate thingy on my watch says I'm a good sleeper. Though, it gets down to like 43 beats a minute and stuff. My constantly broken sleep due to you. <laughs> Suggests otherwise, because I don't think you're as good a sleeper as you think you are. Yeah, tomato, tomato. Mm, I don't think it is. <laughs> anyway, yeah, what are, say, so anyway, what are we doing tonight? What what the bloody hell are we up to? That was the longest introduction ever, wasn't it? So this week, we kind of wanted to move away from like the games and the quizzes and and like while they're fun. And we have a lot of fun doing the quizzes and stuff. You know, eventually we're going to run out of quizzes and stuff to do. There's so we only wanted so to many. mix things up. Well, yeah, and we don't want to, like, do the same thing every week. Mm. And we don't want you guys to get bored because you're listening to us doing the same thing every week. Because fuck that. And who's got time for that? Then it'd be boring for us to make too. Mm, absolutely. So we're looking at lists now a little bit, aren't we? We are a little lists bit tonight. And so and... tonight we are going with conspiracy theories. So we've kind of just we just brainstormed a bit tonight because there's nothing quite like leaving it to the last minute. I thought you were going to say there's nothing in my brain to storm with. <laughs> I was going to do. <laughs> I was going to refute that, and then I went, "Well, I did used to watch a test pattern, so." <laughs> But no, we we brainstormed while we were cooking tea tonight. Mm. Yeah. We don't know the answers. We don't know all the answers to these, and and some of them may be bullshit, some of them may not be bullshit. We'll just have a look and see and give our humble opinion on them, whether we think they're correct or wrong, or or just see if we can learn a little bit about what these things are. Because some of them we're looking at and going, I actually don't know because I don't have enough information. So we were sort of doing some research and stuff while we are eating tea, and... And we're still none the wiser on a couple of them. I'd say, put simply, they are a good talking point. Yeah, conversation starters for yeah, sure. Yeah, well, like a lot of these, probably 90% of these, I'm fairly certain that there's no dodginess going on. But, you know, and but then like a couple of them, you're kind of like, oh, well... Could be, could be. You know, maybe. Mm, maybe. Maybe. So anyway... Uh, I've made a list, as I do. As you do. On my phone, because that's the only way to make lists, if you may, because if you do it on paper, you lose the piece of paper. <laughs> test pattern. <laughs> Hashtag test pattern. Hashtag test pattern. Ah, oh, come on, man. I think I was like, I don't know, six, so, seven. So are we, are we going for the biggest, boldest, 
conspiracy theory of the lot to get ourselves started? We're just going to work our way into it or just see what happens? I don't know. I was just going to follow the list top okay, to bottom. Okay, let's, let's go with the list top to bottom then. Hashtag test pattern. Test pattern. Keeping it simple. <laughs> Where is the cat? <laughs> he's on the chair because it's so freaking cold here oh. at the moment. We've actually got the heater on. So he's on the chair where I normally sit, which is directly in front of the heater. Because I get cold really easily. Hashtag Hashimoto's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. right. So... Um, our first conspiracy theory that we kind of came up with, well, actually it wasn't the first one, but it was one really big one that we mm. just went, yeah, let's do that one. Princess Diana. Mm. It was reported that, um, she was killed in a car crash because she was being chased by the paparazzi, etc., and they just sort of hounded her into her driver crashing the car. But we came up with, and we've, we, we didn't come up with it, that's a lie. We've heard conspiracy theories that it was a planned thing, mm. like it was an inside job. That the Queen somehow had a hand in it. Yeah, like she had a hand in it, like that she was, you know, she'd split from old Charlie and was, I don't know, like drawing too much negative attention to the mm. royal family sort of thing, perhaps. I don't know. So anyway, I found this link, but I wouldn't consider any of these to be credible sources. Okay. <laughs> what, well, new idea? No, no, no. This one's the Herald Weekly. Sun. Oh, Herald Sun. But it's, to me, like, unless it's a, a f- what do you, oh my God, I've had a mental blank. Unless it's like a, a paper, what, do you, what the fuck am I trying Not to say? Not a tabloid. Not a tabloid, but like a, a paper, a peer-reviewed Academic journal. Journal. Academic journal. Unless it's like a peer-reviewed academic journal, then I tend to take it with a grain of salt. Or the ABC. I like the ABC. Old, like ABC, SBS, The Guardian is a pretty good one that I would normally... Believe. ...generally go along with. But something like um, Sky News and that is a definite no-go for me. So what did this Herald Sun um, Herald Sun article say? Did it say that the Queen was in charge of the whole operation or was it just a, a nasty little situation? Well, this one, this particular article, uh, it's it sort of the key point of it is that there are an American couple who say that they witnessed the car crash that killed Pr- Princess Diana, Dodie... Isn't it Dodie Al-Fayed? Al-Fayed. Yeah, so they've even fucked up his name. They've just said Dodie Fayed. Nah. And their chauffeur, Henry Henri Paul, I guess, uh, say that her death was no accident. Yeah, do you know Henri Paul's got a cousin? Oh, fuck. Henri Port? Oh, <laughs> that hurt. That hurt. Okay, so Robin and Jack Firestone. Uh, that name's not made up at all. I know, right? Say they witnessed the aftermath. So, the, again, the headline is kind of like a mm. little bit of a lie because they witnessed the aftermath of the car crash uh, and they reported seeing two dark cars at the scene. But, I mean, when you read that first paragraph, that really doesn't give you much. No. I mean, that she was an ex-royal. They could have been bodyguards or, yeah, yeah. or something. Anyhow, she says to, she saw two dark and mysterious cars that stopped in front of Diana's Mercedes and she believes they were involved in the crash. 
The Firestones, along with their 11-year-old son, Brandon, had entered the tunnel in Paris just minutes after the crash. They were in the back of a taxi on their way to the hotel. One, it's a tunnel, mm. and if there's been a crash in there, surely the tunnel would be closed off. You'd think so. Well, you would think so. So anyway, let's just roll with it and hear what else these people have to say. Uh, as their cab pulled up to the destroyed Mercedes S280, Robin, now 63, like somehow that lends some credibility because yeah, old. Mm. Old people don't tell fibs. Notice two formal cars in front of Diana's. It stands out in my mind so vividly to this day, Robin told the Express. I could not understand why they were there. They looked at odds with what had happened. I saw those dark cars and they must have entered ahead of Diana's. They were just awkwardly parked and I don't recall anyone being in them. The two cars had to be driving ahead of Diana's car. Then they buried all reference to them, but they were there. Or maybe they didn't bury all reference to them. Maybe they just didn't have any purpose. Maybe they were like paparazzi cars or mm. something. So I genuinely believe that Henri Paul was pissed and going too fast and crashed his car. Yeah. They well, were... I mean, because they were being hounded by paparazzi. Mm. Because the paparazzi can be relent- like relentless. Well, the, the actual term itself, paparazzi, means annoying insect. I knew you were going to say that. Mm. I don't know how. I just knew. You just knew. Yeah. Um, but like, I just think you can put it down to trying to escape paparazzi through a tunnel, pissed, too fast, crashed. Crashed into like a, a... Yeah. Was it the barrier or something? It was a pillar or a barrier or something. Anyhow. Yeah, anyway. The Firestone saw no emergency services activity at the scene, so they assumed that the accident had happened sometime previously, not minutes <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't say an ambulance, but I assume the crash happened before the ambulance was called. No, like... <laughs> you... <laughs> yeah, okay. how it, it was poorly written, but poorly written. what she means is it was some time ago and any people involved in the accident had been taken to hospital, whatever. But surely the filth would be there marking out with the chalk and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you would think. There was only one police officer... St- oh, there he is. Oh, this hurts. This hurts me to read it. There was only one police officer stood at the car. That makes me Ugh. cringe. And a lot of photographers. Well, duh. That's fucking... That's, that's paparazzi. He was acting as if it didn't seem like an emergency at all. We thought the survivors had already been taken off to the hospital. Honestly, that's just a layman's interpretation mm. of the event. That person's a policeman. Their job is to not be panicky in such situations. So it's not like what you do, see on do TV. Do these people speak French? So when the policeman said, lay fuck off, they, you know... They probably didn't speak them at all. Yeah. Uh, Robin said that when she offered her testimony to authorities, she was told they have enough, enough witnesses, don't worry about it. She yeah. was dumbfounded. One of the most famous women in the world was killed and they don't want to speak to witnesses. Yeah, but honestly, if there was already a policeman there, how much yeah. more do you need? Like, yeah, I don't know. Don't know. Nah, it's all just. I think. I mean, they they may have had good intentions and and were just trying to help and whatnot, but or were they? The cynical part of my brain goes, oh, they could have been just trying to cash in. I think the Firestones wanted the name in the paper. I think so too. Yep. They wanted the name in the paper. That's, that's all that comes down to, doesn't it? 
Oh, yeah. look at me. I saw Princess Diana's car crash. Bullshit. I saw um, bloody something else that was really cool and important once upon a time, and I'm going to run off to the local paper about it. <laughs> but did you? Well, or is that a whole other conspiracy theory? Well, I need to think about what it is. <laughs> I love it how you try and come up with it. Your brain just goes, nope. <laughs> brain just goes, oh, this cool thing happened down the road, and and there was a person there and, and a giraffe, and... <laughs> Cool, st- cool story, it bro. Was fucking cool. <laughs> Give me time. I'll come up with a really cool story. Yeah, probably by the end of the podcast, yeah. you'll go, oh, I remember what it I is now. Like, That's right. That's right. Involved a bloody chicken. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to let you do the next one. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. Because this was one that you came up with, and mm. I've added a link to click on to take us to. I think it's a Wikipedia. It is a Wikipedia one. This um, this conspiracy theory has actually been proved to be correct. Has it though? Yes. Did you do some more research? Yeah, I did some more research on this one. Okay. So the person or the the beast in question. Beast. The be- well. That's Max. Standing seventeen hands high, the beast in question is Farlap, and the conspiracy theory was. Was Farlap killed by the Mafia in the USA? See, to me that sounds entirely plausible because I can imagine that they would have their greedy little paws pretty deep into, you know, like race... Organised crime. They are organised crime, but like the betting and the bookies. Lion sharks and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they could get a particular horse race or... You know, it's like match fixing or whatever. If they can get it to go their way, then they stand to make a lot of money out of it. So that makes a lot of sense to me that they would be involved in something. So that there may like be people, that. there may be people living under a rock who don't know who Farlap was. Farlap was a New Zealand-born horse who raced in Australia between the nineteen twenty-nine and nineteen thirty-two. Won the Melbourne Cup in nineteen thirty. He's basically like a hero for yep. people. A, like a ray of sunshine in the midst of the Great Depression. Yeah, yeah. Basically. So, in terms of uh, our national identity during the Great Depression, we had Jack Lang, who was New South Wales Premier at the time, mm-hmm. Bradman, and Farlap. Yeah. So you know, like a little ray of sunshine and a little glimmer in an mm. otherwise pretty dark, pretty dark times and time. And people looked to Farlap and you know looked to Bradman and they sort of were to lift their spirits. Yeah. And, yeah, it wasn't just Fredo Frogs they were making to try and make people happy in the 1930s. It was the sporting prowess of some of the, the absolute greats. But Farlap went to America to try and win over there mm-hmm. um, as a five-year-old and was... A, won a, a race in Mexico, I Won a race read. in Mexico, which was called the Aguera Caliente Handicap. What does Caliente mean? I don't know. It sounds great, though. It does sound awesome, doesn't it? Caliente. Yeah. It sounds like something people would sing, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so uh, Farlap's death was on the 5th of April 1932, 16 days after the race, and it was originally suggested that he had acute bacterial gastroenteritis. Which because was... his trainer found him with a very high temperature. It was and... his strapper. Oh, is he strapper? Yeah, Tommy Woodcock. What's the difference? I don't know. Trainer teaches him how to race. Strapper puts the harness on. Right. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, Tommy, Makes sense. Tommy Woodcock was Farlap's strapper right through Farlap's career. Okay. But then, 85 years after Farlap's death, there was an autopsy done on some bits and pieces by a Melbourne mob. Sorry, how long after? 85 years. 85 years? So 85 years worth of did it happen or did it not happen, and they discovered that Farlap was poisoned by arsenic. A large dose of arsenic? A large dose of arsenic. Killed the greatest race, or, well, sorry. I think it's shot by at, some people. At that time. Killed at that time the greatest racehorse in Australia and possibly the greatest racehorse ever in Australia. Mm. Ever in Australia or the... Can you say the world? I don't know enough about the race. No, I'm not, I'm not I better sure. not make that claim because I don't have enough knowledge to make I'm, that I'm claim. I'm not sure, but, but um, yeah, up there, you know, Winks and Buddy Black Caviar and Maccabi and all and this the likes. And, you know, Kingston Town and these sort of fantastic horses, Might and Power. Might and Power was my favourite. But yeah, so it actually has been proven that Farlap <laughs> was poisoned, mm-hmm. which um, which sort of kills the conspiracy theory angle that the Yanks poisoned Farlap. Gives However, another, there's give, no links, like no. there's no way to link that no. to the mafia. No, so and it's is, still you know. And is it another reason to think Yanks were a bunch of assholes, or have we got American listeners? I don't think you should go there. That's stereotyping. They killed our favourite horse. But that's stereotyping. Yeah. Not yeah. every person who lives in the US is a member of the mafia. Not everyone who lives in the US is a horse killer. Yeah. So. I can't believe we're all, having this conversation. All horse killers are American, but not all Americans are horse killers. No. Is that not but how it works? No. No. I'll give my head around this one day. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's just move on from that one. Uh-huh. This one is another one that has gone on for years. And this was one of mine, and there are so many conspiracy theories surrounding it. But um, let's just let's just go with the broad umbrella of it and ask, was the assassination of John F. Kennedy... A government conspiracy. So was it like a, an order? You know, did the government um, order JFK's murder? So I, my little theory on this one is not so much only the good die young, but when Kurt Cobain died at the age of twenty-seven, he became a hero forever and a day because he died young. You know, bon Scott. Yeah, you know, there's celebrity people who die young. Their hero remains more than a celebrity who lives to be eighty odd. Yeah, you know, they're cut down in their prime. You know, they were mm. so influential in the shortest period of time they had on Earth, and all this sort of bullshit. Yeah. I wonder whether whether the conspiracy theories are correct, and they did because they needed Kennedy, but they needed him dead more than they needed him alive. Why would they need him? Dead for, more than alive, though. Some bastard shot our president. Yeah, red, white, and blue, waves and flags and shit. Americans are very patriotic mm. like that. So, so did Lee Harvey Oswald shoot, shooting Kennedy make more people wave flags? And, yeah. is that, and is that what the government wanted? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Let's have a look. Uh, the, the link that I found is from the History Channel. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually pretty good. Uh, let's go down. 
there was like a release of some like declassification of some documents and and whatnot. The declassified materials are part of a debate that began with the 1964 Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy, popularly known as the Warren Commission. Warren. G'day, Warren. Uh, established by President Lyndon Johnson one week after the assassination, it concluded after nearly 10 months of investigation that Lee Harvey Oswald, acting alone, had fired three bullets from the sixth floor of the school depository building. However, oh, there's all oh. there's like the grassy knoll mm. theory, isn't there? there because they believe gunman? that there was a second gunman who was hiding behind the grassy knoll, and people go into it, and you know the angle in which the bullets hit, and all this fact, sort of he fell, stuff. He, when he fall fell backwards instead of forwards, and if he had been hit, yes, a certain way, he would have fallen. A yeah, certain way. yeah. All of a sudden, we have these ballistics. Experts. Experts coming out of the woodwork. I'm as much a ballistic expert as most of them. Uh, And then it found that Oswald's death 48 hours later at the hands of local nightclub owner Jack Ruby was an act of spontaneous revenge, which in itself, I mean, people could look at possibly, (coughs) excuse me, as a cover-up, you know, in case Oswald decided to... Blab. Yeah, blab. (laughs) Um, so they're basically sort of going in saying that it's hard to believe now that the Warren Commission initially received a warm reception. The public seemed willing to accept its conclusions. Uh, however, people are sort of starting to disagree with it and choose to not, not believe it and stuff. So... Uh, so the, basically, this has got like a whole heap in it. This article, I can put it up as a link if anyone really wants to see it. There's a lot of images, and the skeptics are using the Warren Commission's own evidence as like against it, sort of thing, to try and prove it wrong. They focused on contradictions among some of the witnesses about the number of shots and from where they were fired. Because honestly, in an open area place like that, it would be very hard to pick where those shots mm. come from because the sound is not going to be as precise. There, there were so many people out there. Uh, some witnesses claim they heard gunfire from the grassy knoll, an elevated area to the front right of the presidential limousine. Uh, a favourite topic was the so-called magic bullet. According Ooh. to the Warren Commission, Oswald fired three shots in 8.6 seconds. The first shot missed... The second shot struck Kennedy in the back, exited through his throat, and then hit Texas Governor John Connolly, breaking a rib, shattering his wrist, and ending up in his right thigh. Critics claimed the bullet, which remained largely intact, could not have been responsible for all the damage. And if Connolly and Kennedy were hit by different bullets in a matter of seconds, then it meant that there had to be another shooter. Yeah, right. So... Wasn't the Hollywood bullshit about um, Lee Harvey Oswald's marksmanship as well? Like the fact he um, had an IQ of 65 and a bloke with an IQ of 65 can't shoot to that sort of standard? Uh, quite possibly. For that, quite that possibly. Was sim- I'm, not, I'm, un- I'm similar, unaware of that one. Similar sort of argument to what happened in Hobart at Port Arthur. Like that, yeah. Yeah, the, that level of IQ can't yeah. shoot to that standard. I honestly, I don't 
I don't understand how IQ could possibly determine your physical capabilities. There's though. been a lot of stupid people do a lot of amazing things. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I, we're not really. We decided not to go into the Port Arthur one yeah. because us being Tasmanian. Tasmanians, it's a little too close to home. Bit close to home. Yeah. It's an uncomfortable topic for mm. us to talk about, mm. and we're not. We're not really. In for that one. No. Uh, yeah, so anyway, with a bit more, you know how you get like the self-proclaimed ballistics experts and whatnot, some people have taken sort of sounds from a police motorcycle and whose radio transmitting switch was stuck in the on position. Uh, two acoustics experts said that there was a 95% certainty that the recording revealed that four shots had been fired at the presidential motorcade. So, I don't know. Honestly, so, I mean, it's it's a rabbit hole. So, do you have a theory? Do you have a um, Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone wolf or that Lee Harvey Oswald was trying to um, sell the Jack Ruby or whatever the case may be? Do you, do you, ha- do you come down on any particular side? Uh, I haven't looked into it deeply enough to actually have formed my own opinion, to be honest. Do so... I- I sort of, I'm 55% Lee Harvey Oswald was a lone wolf, 45% mm. they want a more flag waving. Maybe. So I, you know, it's, look, if it was a football grand final, it was that close, I'd be real happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is quite a good article, actually. It's obviously, it, yeah, it's quite long, so if you've got... A bit of time where you can chill out and and just read it. It's worth having a bit of a look at. Mm. Whether you form an opinion on it or not is entirely up to you, isn't it? I mean, it's a, definitely one of those rabbit holes that you can... Oh, you get lost down. You could so easily get lost in it because it was such a high-profile mm. assassination and there were so many people there and the, you know, the unlikelihood that... Of Lee Harvey Oswald apparently being able to be physically capable of doing what he did, who knows? Who honestly. knows? Yeah. It's an, yeah. Who knows? Your turn. My turn. <laughs> yeah, we've got Kiwis who listen to this. I'm yes, sure of it. And we want to know the conspiracy theory that during the 1995 Rugby World Cup in South Africa, which the Springboks won. And Mandela lifted the trophy or gave the trophy to was it Francois Pinar? Mm-hmm. And it created this monumental moment in sport. Did it come about because the All Blacks were poisoned before the semi final? I think they were. Do you really? Yep. So do you reckon somebody's gone out there and thought South Africa need to win this World Cup for the sake of its country? Yeah. More to- than New Zealand need to win it. Yeah. To reunite the country Mm. after apartheid and the way it basically tore apart the the country the fabric of the country they needed to you know reunite the country and what better way to do it than winning a world cup Mm. because the the only previous world cup that um south africa had been involved in was the cricket world cup in 1992 Mm. that was their first foray into international sport post post apartheid post apartheid and post mm. isolation yeah and then to come through you know the mandela as president and 
you know, the quota of having, you know, black South Africans in the national rugby team and all this sort of stuff that was going on in the background that it was such a huge moment for that country that they win that World Cup at home with all the, you know, thousands and thousands of people and the bloke with the plane flying over the stadium, which he wasn't meant to do and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. They needed the All Blacks to lose and in that semi-final against the Springboks, so I think they just made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm convinced of that. I'd, part of me would like to think, ah, sucked in New Zealand, you lost on your own accord, you weren't good enough, and the Springboks nah. were better. But when you've got Jonah Lomu and these sort of blokes running around your side and, and suddenly you're all sick? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a little too... Con- it's, it's pretty blatant. Convenient. <laughs> I think it's very blatant. I mean, there's a chance that they didn't, but... So, yeah, anyway, the link that I've got here is an interview um, and an article, I guess. It's more of an article rather than an interview with a former bodyguard to President Mandela. Yeah, right. So he claims that New Zealand's All Blacks rugby team were poisoned just 24 hours before the sensational 95 Rugby World Cup final, which saw outsiders South Africa claim the title. Uh, Rory Stain, Mr. Mandela's head of security during this time in office, who the president appointed to ensure the security of the almighty New Zealand national team, said he believed betting syndicates were responsible. So that just throws in a whole other level of fuckery. Oh, because Hansi has only just turned 18 and he was letting (laughs) go to gamble. (laughs) About two-thirds of the squad got very sick, properly sick, he told New Zealand's Herald newspaper, I don't think it was the food. I think it was the coffee and the tea and possibly even the drinking water. But I know what I saw, a team of guys lying on the floor very, very ill. How dangerous is that? I could have bloody killed them. It could have. Yeah. So who food else? poisoning's nothing to be laughed at. Who like, else is in that squad? Food food like Zinzan Brook was fun. in that squad, I think, too. And wasn't Andrew Mertens in that squad? Oh, like. Uh, been a little early from Merton's, some, maybe? Some huge names in New Zealand yeah, rugby. well, I mean, the All Blacks are always... Imagine if they killed Jonah doing that. Yeah. Like, the World Cup's not yeah. important that we're going to kill Jonah Lomu. Yeah. Like, that'd be... Uh, oh, the New Zealand doctor and manager felt strongly that the playing field had not been level. They were, they were sufficiently suspicious about the bout of food poisoning that struck down their team that they called in a private detective. Mr. Stain said he doubted anyone from the South African side would have been sufficiently evil to sabotage the opposite side's chances and pointed to betting syndicates who stood to lose millions by the loss of the stronger side. Oh, yeah, but... Uh, you never see a poor bookmaker. Yeah, well, I've read Johnny Wilkinson's book as well, and he mentions something about it as well, about there being there there is a rumor going around that it was a maid who was seen slipping out like a side entrance uh. sort of thing. So yeah, no. So where do we come down? I reckon we come down on poisoned, not by bookmakers, but by people with connections to the South African team who knew the political um, power. Well, it's not power. Knew the political weight a Springbok World Cup win carried. Mm. That's where I come down. Don't worry mm. about the bookies. It's somebody. It's somebody. Yeah, tied up. I think 
yeah, old mate suggesting that because the odds were on the All Blacks, the money was on the All Blacks, and I think someone, and he says, I think someone needed to level the odds somewhere, which is a plausible mm-hmm. theory because, you know, match fixing, it's happened before. In South Africa. <laughs> it's happened everywhere before. But mainly in South Africa. Yes, all right. I know <laughs> where you're going with this. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So anyway, that that's that one. I I believe that they did. You know. Mm. All right. I seem to have all the serious ones. You do, don't you? Yeah. Judging by oh my god, I've got all the serious ones. All right. So let's get into another really deep one. Was nine eleven an inside job? I think no. I I genuinely want to believe that it was a bunch of pissed off extremists. Yeah, a bunch of pissed off extremists, and not the theory that it was an inside job to spark to give America a reason to invade Iraq so that they could claim their oil and whatnot. Because I just. I don't know. It seems very, very callous. My take on that little angle that they wanted to invade Iraq. If they wanted to invade Iraq, just fucking do it. Well, I mean, they were kind of already... Like, don't... You don't have to crash a plane... Like, yeah. Like, crash four planes to cover yeah. the reason to invade Iraq. If you want to invade Iraq, just do it. It'd be like if, if we wanted to invade New Zealand, we'd just do it. Yeah. However... Yeah. But they're our mates. Yeah, so, of course we wouldn't do that. So we but, won't do that. But but Yanks and Iraqis, they're not really good cobbers. No, but I think they had, like, I'm a little tired tonight, so my brain's not coming up with the words that I want. I think they had already had enough reason to want to with Saddam Hussein and the treatment of, you know, people. I'm going to go down the line that I went down with with the JFK one. Mm. Flag waving. I don't think Americans needed that anyway, did they? Oh, yeah, but... All the songs and telly shows and conspiracies that have gone around nine eleven and people walking around with American flags and the lapels and all this sort of stuff. Like, I just think it was what fifty years since JFK died. It was time for some more flag waving. We haven't waved our flags very well. We got you know got you know we had Vietnam War. We had bloody you know Challenger crashed. Vietnam and- didn't really. End well for America. It didn't end well for America, and it didn't end well for the soldiers that were involved no. in it. So I don't think that had the desired effect. Yeah, so they, so they needed... that's what you mean. No, like, no, that was a bad thing for them. Yeah. That was a bad thing for them. So they had a string of bad things happen between 1963 and 2001 when September 11 happened. Mm-hmm. They needed another reason to get the flags out and start waving them again. And I wouldn't be surprised... I, I don't... It sounds so cynical towards Americans, but... They just love death and dying and heroes and villains and... They and really, really love their military. They fucking love Americans their military, don't they? really love Militaries their and military farming. services. And farming. They're all about farming. I know, farming are all right. Yeah, but, but you know, there's a, there's the <laughs> the Devonport farming and there's the New York farming. The New York farming's got more prestige than the Devonport farming. Yeah. They love farming. Yeah. Americans really love anyone in a position of authority, like as in their emergency services, police. What? <laughs> Americans just love helmets. 
Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> I'm just not. No, I'm moving on from that. So anyway, the most prominent conspiracy theory is that the collapse of the twin towers and um, the World Trade Center—that's like the same fucking building. What the hell? Um, were the result of controlled demolitions rather than structural failure due to impact and fire. Uh, another prominent belief is that the Pentagon was hit by a missile launched by elements from inside the US government, or that a commercial airliner was allowed to do so via an effective stand-down of the American military. Possible motives claimed by conspiracy theorists for such actions include justifying the invasions of Afghanistan and Iraq, even though the US government concluded Iraq was not involved in the attacks, to advance their geostrategic invest, such invest, interests, oh my God, I cannot speak. Words. Such as plans to construct a natural gas pipeline through Afghanistan. Honestly, that... <laughs> Other conspiracy theories revolve around authorities having advanced knowledge of the attacks and deliberately ignoring or assisting the attackers. See, I think the assisting the attackers thing... Mm. That's pretty fucking out there, man. Yeah. Like, and, and even the deliberately ignoring thing, I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt there and say that there are some threats to national security that you would probably just go, that is just way too fucking out there. We cannot accept that as a credible threat. Or, you know, the tip-off that we've been given for this is likely to be not be true and you know like if it actually was something mm. like that perhaps it was just a genuine fuck up a colossal fuck up mm. but a fuck up nonetheless <laughs> a genuine no you know no malice intended i'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt yeah. on that one i i yeah i'm a little i'm a bit with you in that regard like i think it was just a bunch of pissed off extremists i think so um it did have the flag waving thing happen I think that was just a result. I think that was a result of the... Yeah. I don't think it was a contrived thing that Mr. Bush was sitting in his office one day and going, we need more flag waving. I don't think George W. Bush has the brain power to come up with such a thing as that. No. No, it's other people. Yeah. Yeah, no. If it was going to be anyone, I don't think it'd be him. If it was Bush, it would have been someone with their hand up his ass making his mouth move. Yeah. 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 However, he's far more capable than that orange buffoon that's in there now. <laughs> Such a great use of the word buffoon. <laughs> I love the word buffoon. Buffoonery. <laughs> we need a podcast on words that aren't used enough. Hoot nanny. I really like poppycock. Poppycock. <laughs> we need to have a podcast. Yeah, we're going to have to. We're yeah. going to have to. That'd be a good one. Yeah. What? Exactly. So anyway, that's the extent that I'm going to go into the 9-11. Yeah, we could be here all bloody day with that one. And you get to do the next one. Okay. Which fascinated and delighted our 11-year-old son. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there such a thing as the brown note? <laughs> <laughs> and Snuffo thought... Yeah, well, absolutely. Said, What's a brown note? Then we explained him what the brown note was, and he was fascinated. He was in hysterics. 
He, he thought it was absolutely hilarious. That there could possibly be a musical note. Yeah, that, that could make you shit yourself. Shit yourself. <laughs> it's purely taken from South Park. That's what I got the idea. Yeah. Because they did a whole episode on the brown note with Kenny G and, <laughs> and Mr. Garrison's weird father who turned out to be Kenny G. Uh, and it was just bloody bizarre. But yeah, the, the brown note that Cartman found and changed the music on all these things that they're all playing the recorder and all of a sudden, bam, <laughs> and the whole of America shits itself. So uh, just a little bit of a laugh this one that is there such a thing as a brown note? Um, special people who oh, know a lot more about Maxie. stuff. Hi, Max. Max. Max approves. Max approves. Max is in the house. Hello. So is there such a thing as a brown note? Nobody knows. No, we do know. We do know it's all just bullshit and something South Park made up and, and you're not going to shit yourself if someone plays, you know, F-sharp, buddy, certain octave. It's a frequency thing, Frequency, isn't it? yeah. The theory was that it was to be played at a particular frequency that would... Yeah. I don't understand how that could possibly work. No, I don't understand how... Oh, the ca- oh hello, Caddy. Cool. You want there's the next one on the list there. Do you want to swap them over? Why? Do you want to do the the next one on the list? Or do you want to do the one after it? Oh, I'll do the one after it because the next one is yours. Yeah, it's more your bag. All right. So, uh, what's that book? The Dan Brown book. Da Vinci Code. Yeah, the Da Vinci Code. This kind of started off a whole hype. About the Illuminati. Mm. So we asked the question, is the Illuminati real? And so I did a little bit of digging and I came across a National Geographic article. I love National Geographic magazine, actually. Just a little look. Could you just get comfortable, please, Max? Please don't book my phone. There's some serious purring going on here. Yeah, so the Illuminati is real but is it real in the way that the media and the books and the movies make them out to be this might come as a surprise to you what two things you've never read the book and i'm in the illuminati are you fucking (laughs) up you are not i don't even know what they do exactly but i'm sure i'm sure if it was an important thing i'd do it Anyway, an 18th century German thinker called Adam Weishaupt would have been stunned if he had known his ideas would one day fuel global conspiracy theories and inspire best-selling novels and blockbuster films. Until he was 36, good age, just saying, the vast majority of of his compatriots would have been equally stunned to discover that this outwardly respectable professor was a dangerous enemy of the state whose secret society, the Illuminati, was seen to threaten the very fabric of society. So basically, Weishaupt uh, became a professor of natural and canon law at the University of Ingolstadt. Uh, So on the surface, seems like a pretty conventional sort of career. Um, until about the year 1784, when uh, he became convinced that religious ideas were no longer an adequate belief system to govern modern societies. He decided to, for- to find another form of illumination, 
a set of ideas and practices that could be applied to radically change the way European states were run. So Freemasonry was steadily expanding throughout Europe in this period, offering attractive alternatives to free thinkers. Uh, He initially thought of joining a lodge. He was disillusioned with many of the Freemasons' ideas, however. He became absorbed in dealing with uh, books that dealt with such esoteric themes as Mysteries of the Seven Sages of Memphis and the Kabbalah and decided to create a new secret society of his own, which is the Illuminati, basically. So So that's where it came from. And from what I understand, because I have actually read about Old Mate before, is that uh, the Catholic Church and that wanted to put a stop to him because they were quite happy having their say, I'm wording this very carefully, <laughs> having their say in how laws were created and, and how society was run, I guess, in, the, in, you know, in those times. And they saw him as a direct threat to their, their, way, of life. their way of life and their input. Yeah. So basically that's what the Illuminati was. It's not a bunch of wealthy, uber-powerful, evil humans who want to call the shots and have so much money and power that they basically run the world. It was, yeah, pretty innocent, really. So, I haven't read Dan Brown's book. Of course. At what point do the Illuminati become important to the painting of The Last Supper? It's not really. Or the theory of The Last Supper? It's not really. There's there's a whole thing in the painting of the Last Supper. How I think it's John the Baptist has his finger up, mm. his index finger up. There's a, there's a whole, it was like it was a long time ago that I read the book, so I probably need to re read it again. Old mate's pretty clever in how he's tied things together. Like because he's even thrown the Knights Templar in there and the Illuminati is like some uber powerful secret society and um how they're going around killing priests from the catholic church and all this sort of nonsense yeah right maybe it, I didn't... it like it is an entertaining book if you just take it at that that it is an entertaining fictional novel and not something that is you know like a gospel it's not gospel and it's not a correct true to life story it is literally just a guy with a wicked imagination who's pulled in all these things and made a great story out of it. It was a very entertaining book, mm. but it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I, I don't need the thing. I know you what the question is. You don't want the No, I don't need the, the list. Uh, no, no, no. I reckon I've, I'll probably write the article. <laughs> oh, fuck off. There's a fair chance I wrote the article. No. <laughs> you could, but you didn't. This one's a ripper. Do you believe in time travel? I really don't know. Is Matt Groening, the creator of The Simpsons, a time traveller? The things that, that they have predicted will happen, like Trump being president, and uh, the Greta Thunberg, is it? Is that how you yeah, say that? Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg, you know, Lisa looking over Trump, the same, looking over the president the same way Greta's looking over Trump. You know, all these different things, all the way through the 30 series of The Simpsons, point to the fact that Matt Groening could be a time traveller. Yeah. Could could be. What are your thoughts on it? I, I, it's just so so coincidental, some of the stuff that I've discovered. There's like a list of 
um, things. Yeah, like 20, 25 times the Simpson, Simpsons predicted the future. Mm. Um, from Disney buying Fox and 29 other times, you know. How can he possibly know this is going to go on? Unless he is just an extremely smart person. Well, he could be. That he can look at a, look at a situation and go, you yeah, know what, in 20 years' time, wouldn't it be bloody hilarious if Trump was president? Yeah. Let's write that into me thing. Like, what a load of bullshit. Yeah. And then bang, it happens. Yeah. Uh, did the fact that um, the Simpsons wrote Trump as president influence Trump to say, I want to be president? Well, you never know. Because I don't think he's got an original thought in his bloody head. So... I reckon he's seen it on seen it on a cartoon on telly and gone, yeah, yeah, you know what, I can do that. That's not the only example from it, though. Well, that, that's the, the biggest one. That's one of the biggest ones. That's one yeah. of the biggest ones. But uh, is the Simpsons saying what they've said over the last you know, 25 years? Yeah. Has any of that influenced the things that have happened in the 25 years previous? Is the only is the counter argument to to Matt Groening being a time traveller? Is they predicted that Disney uh, Fox was it Fox by Disney or Disney by Fox? Uh, Disney bought Fox. That I Disney believe. would buy Fox. It's has, not that far fetched. It's not that far fetched. No. And did the theory that the theory of that being put into an episode mm. make the creators of they make the Disney people go, yeah, you know what, we've got a spare shitload of money, let's yeah. buy Fox. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Mr. Murdoch. How much do you want or, for your fox? Yeah, it's it's a good business decision for mm. them, and they stand to make a lot of money out of it, yeah. so they decided that would be a good way to go. And and was the seed planted by the Simpsons, or the or did Matt Groening know it was going to happen by going into into the future? Yeah, I don't, I don't believe <laughs> that you know. But um, let's have a look. And see how long we've been talking for. Because I have a feeling that this one went for quite a long time. It's almost been going for an hour. So I think we should have a conspiracy theories part two. Mm. Like in a little bit yep. more, you know, a few weeks or months or so away. Where we can just dig up some new ones and, yeah. and throw some new ones in there. And we can take... Uh, suggestions, yeah, we'll take suggestions from anyone. If you've got a conspiracy theory that you think we should talk about, and, let us know. And if any of the conspiracy theories that we've talked about tonight um, spark your interest, yeah, give us your thoughts. Yeah, like if please you, do. If you think the Illuminati does rule the world, let us know. If you think nine eleven was an inside job, let us know. If you yeah. think Grounding travels through time, let us know. And why? Why and do why? you think? Yeah. Why do you feel that way? Yeah, don't don't just say, oh, Princess Diana was. Um, killed by the Queen and walk away. You can't do that. That's yeah, cheating. Yeah, you can't just like drop that and it's, walk away. You gotta be, Princess Diana was killed by the by MI6 because the Queen ordered the hit and 007 was the person who crashed him into the thing and Prince Andrew's car crash next week is going to be fantastic. See, <laughs> <laughs> so you, you've got to give us something to go on with. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get into some good discussions on these. Yeah. And see what... Yeah, see what we can come up with. Because we, we really out? love the feedback and we yeah. really love the interaction that we get yep. from everyone. It's, what can we it's tease awesome. out? Yeah, let's just let's have some discussions. Well, Max approves. Max definitely approves. Yeah. Max has got his own one about the moon landing, but we'll cover that <laughs> in, in Conspiracy Theories too, won't we, Max? Yeah, that's why Max goes trop every time there's a full moon. 
<laughs> he, gets, <laughs> he gets the sealies on, don't you, Max? Cool. Right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, please share, comment on posts. Just join in with the fun. Mm, join the fun. Um, the more people that we get to join in, the better. Absolutely. We want to spread our fuckery around. <laughs> fuckery. Such a great word, and it destroy it describes perfectly what we do. It's fuckery. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. I hope you guys have had a great time, and I hope you have a great day. Cheers, everyone. Bye.